Guys, good morning again. How is everyone doing? How's everyone doing? That it's always good. I feel like when we are able to share our weeks, our lives, and where we're at, that's when we know we're home, right? When you get home, Mama wants to know how you're doing, and so these are one of the small things that I go like every week. I want to tell someone about my week and ask them how their week was, right? Guys, to those of us, to those of you that are joining us online as well, I hope you told someone in the house about the week you did have with them. Yeah? If not, tell us on the comment section. And welcome. We love having you with us. This morning, Murudi is still on the Drakensberg. He decided to do 4M, the Four Musketeers. And he's not here with us because he decided that that's a week and time he needs to spend there. And we were like, as a house, we release you. Go have time with him. Go connect with the Lord. Go enjoy him. Come back fatigued and tired, but go do it, right? So he sends greetings and love, but I hope we send him prayer because this is the last day he needs it. He literally needs the last strength and push to get to where he's going. Amen. Amen. Guys, I am not going to waste a lot of time. It's going to be a short sermon, I hope. But today I want to speak to our hearts about working out our own salvation. Uh, We have come to a place where salvation has become a collective thing. And we no longer do it for the oath we took before God. So this morning, I'm going to do a lot of Bible reading, a lot of scripture, and I hope you go back home and read it again for yourself. So as simple as that, working out your own salvation. Not a filtered down version of something, not something you've heard enough times to think it is your own, but your very own salvation. Starting this out, as Christians, we normally read the Bible in context of going to Proverbs, and then we go back to Genesis, and and a lot of things happen in the Bible. But I'm going to point out a couple of things that we always read about, whether it's in prophecy or you go back to it. or Guys, whenever we read the Bible, we always find out about, number one, creation. There was a God where it was formless. He came, something happened, right? After that happened, he put people on earth, and then the fall happened. Don't do that. And people did what? Exactly that. They happened to fall. Give one with you. Amen. After the fall, Christ is prophesied about, but then he eventually comes. There's a Messiah, a Christ that comes to earth. After he comes to earth, he lives this godly life where no, he, guys, the Bible says he without sin. Now that breaks my brain because that means he did not even envy He wasn't brushing his morning in the teeth and said, oh, I wish I had Dino's teeth. Ah. He was without sin. That's the godly life that he lives for 30 odd years. And that's the account we know of. He lives a godly, a right, like a right standing, ever so right before my father kind of life. After he does that, he leaves us a gift. A precious gift. The Holy Spirit. It's like, he can't come while I'm here. I need to go. Then he can come. After that, in the three days, there's an authority being taken that happens. Guys, we read about this in other parts of the Bible, but it is the cycle of what the Bible always tells us about. You have authority. You are the head. These are things that are always there, but they're pivotals of what we believe. 
Then lastly, he goes and sits up in heaven. Not chilling there with his dad, going like, I did my part. I'm... He takes up a day job, interceding on your behalf. The, these things ring a bell, right? Because you read them there, and then you read them there, and then you... But how do they directly translate into your life? Number one, creation happens. Yes, you are born. Your mom and dad decide we're having this precious gift and decided or not, God decides it's happening. You are born. We are there. Physical birth. After the physical birth, you hear about Christ. The reason I'm pointing out hearing and not the fact that you accept him is that we all don't accept him the first time we hear about him. Our fallen state takes a while to actually accept him. So you hear about this whole, oh, there's a God in heaven who loves me. I skipped a nation that was chosen. But it's important because after we hear, the Israelites, every time you read about them, represent the kind of relationship God wants to have with you. God from the beginning in the Old Testament shows humankind, I want to be in direct relation with you every day. So every time you read about a prophecy, a lineage, or something about them, you need to go like, God, you are saying something about me and how you and I. Guys, throughout the Bible you have on your lap, on your phone, or you read every day, this is what's happening. So the nation part is the you hearing about a relationship. Now this part is my favorite. Christ comes to earth. You finally accept him. He's coming, okay, he's coming, living right and dying. Counts for nothing until you accept salvation. Yeah. You can hear about it until you're blue. But until you accept it, it counts for nothing. You may know about the promises, the prophecies in the Bible. But until you accept that gift, solemn sorry. Yo, I did tell you, hey, I'm really sorry. Until you accept that gift into your life. It counts for nothing that he died. Knowledge is it's glorious in your brain, but nothing about our ideas is making us money or prosperous. Or it, the application, the working at, the actually doing is what counts. So Christ comes, and when we accept him, that's when he comes as Lord upon our lives. Let me finish. He comes, he lives a godly life. He's living the godly life. (laughs) Coming all back, there we go. He's living a godly life. Teaches us the principles of how we should live. Guys, Christ did not come to be mystical and a thing in the air. He lived everyday life being righteous and holy so that we know how to do it. Practical, guys, not let's have a basha eat. Practically. Practically as in like every day. Living in right standing with God. Living 
in consciousness of God, living in wanting him. And what does he leave? Parables, principles, literal things in this book that we can apply. Let's move on. After we learn about the principles, which we read about here and there and there and bar, I'm just bringing it back into context of this is what it is. He leaves us a gift, but we need to learn and accept the help of the Holy Spirit. The gift can be there, chilling like, until you unwrap it and actually put it in the, if it's a camera, no, what's that light, that light that all the ladies want now. Guys, you could get it and it's sitting in the box. Until you plug it in, switch it on, it's not going to do anything for your Insta pictures. That's the Holy Spirit in our lives. He is there. He is a gift that is given. He is a gift that is active and wants to do. For every Sunday when we're feeling goosebumps. Hey, whoa. That's not him. That's not what he was meant to do. Today we're going to see in the word what God actually says about him. Then the last two things is that I said he gets all authority. Right? Christians were destined to live empowered lives. There's a reason he went to go get that authority. Not that he just has it. He gave it then to us. How are we still living in bondage, in lack of, when authority was given? Ten marks how? Somebody. Then the last thing, I said he did not go and chill in heaven. He starts another day job for all eternity until heaven of interceding for us for a reason that we live in original form now. Guys, they're not mystical, they're not far. They are what we are supposed to be doing every day. What I mean by that is that he's in perfect state with God, right? He's praying that you be too. He is praying that when judgment comes, you are found in the right. He died, right? salvation. But now, until I accepted at 12, I'm only going to die at 45. I'm not going to every day be giving my life, giving my life, giving my life, giving my life until I die. No. I am growing, I am changing, my mind is becoming, I'm becoming more like him, giving fruit, others are saved, I teach them, I grow. Every single day. He intercedes that you wake up to that call, that you start doing, and that you cause with your salvation. English, not the Muso one, the collective, no, the individual, the one you said, I accept you as Lord and Savior. That one, that personal one. All of this is what happens in Scripture over and over and over again. It doesn't matter where you go. Deuteronomy, Exodus, there is a prophecy of Christ, so you're learning something about him. When you hear about who you are, it's your identity. You, oh, this, over and over again, you are at one of these pivotals. That he gives you freely. So, Mzalan, in order to work out your salvation, take back the responsibility of working on your own salvation. No one is going to work at it for you. It's yours. Guys, the original form of living in relationship with God. 
I know we don't like preaching about this. You guys still remember this judgment coming, right? Where we are going to get crowns for the kind of salvation we live. Queen Elizabeth. Because my faith did something. It's like that part of the Bible we don't want to get into because it is not appealing enough to my soft life now. It wasn't supposed to be. You're supposed to be working at a salvation that is going to get a reward in heaven. He says it in his word. The reward is not now when it gets lani and soft. It is in heaven when he, the just judge, gives you the reward. Let's not read this in the context of how can it make things nice now. Then we're losing the mark. Like as we, Hamaratia, you are hitting that and not what he's saying. Archery, right? That's, that's all it ever is. There's a mark, hit it. That's all he's asking. Not even asking. That's what he wants to empower you to do. That's what his word is just yearning for you to realize. That that's all there is to the salvation. Okay. Guys, let's interact. I'm going to ask you guys to do two things so that we can continue and you get what I'm saying. That you get it. Can you guys all stand up and close your eyes? It's going to be effective if you close your eyes. After you close your eyes, where you are standing... Okay, so there's people close to you, right? So don't point with all of your arm. Just point in a... Don't tell your neighbor what the answer is. Do you understand? I'm going to ask you a question, and I need you to answer it. But I need your eyes to be closed. Because you must answer, not take the person next to you's answer. Can you guys point in the direction of mainland? Can you point, use your hand to point in the direction of mainland? Where is mainland right now? Open your eyes and look around. It's okay. Don't change your, don't change your answer. Look around. Amen. Amen. Let's sit down and talk about it. <laughs> Guys, our time. I haven't even gotten into scripture. This is wrong. Are you aware that you independently stood up on your two feet? Are you aware you closed your eyes? Tato didn't impose it. She asked you to do it. You decided. Are you aware that you pointed in a certain direction? I think 60% of you went that way. I don't know if it's really that way. See, I'll stick to I really don't know because my directions right now, let's not do that. When I saw this exercise, it hit me hard because there's only one mainland. There is only one right answer to where mainland is. You could point till you are orange, red, but there is one mainland. Christianity is exactly the same. You could debate scripture and try and make it comfortable for you all you like. There is only one absolute of the salvation we have accepted. There is only one Christ that saves and there is only one way to the Father. Debate it all you want. Engage all the Facebook posts. That, but guys, go back to the word and get to where the north and the truth is. The one truth. Because reason for that is that then we can just get aligned quickly. Yeah. 
as the bride and start doing what we are supposed to do. Absolutes in the Bible, hadi, they never contradict themselves. You could get it, go Exodus, where they prophesy about it, but they don't understand what they're saying. Then you get it, more Proverbs, where he's saying it when he's in the Holy Spirit mode, and then the actual fulfillment happens, it's still the same north. It's still the same gospel. It's still the same Christ being preached. Just as you stood up on your own two feet, direct, pointed with your own finger and made up your own mind, salvation takes that same cause of, I accept him as Lord, but I am going to follow him. Some of us are dis- like you literally came in on the left and what, that's why your north is somewhere there. That's okay. True north is magnetic enough. He will pull you to himself even when you think north is the other way. He will pull you to himself and sober you up. Because he's just that strong. He's just that truth. And he's just that absolute. Guys, Jesu ha'a ntwena erlinyona man. He's this. I'm going to run from this point because when we spoke about Gibo, can you go back to the green circle? Right here. You hear and accept Christ as Lord and Savior. From here to there work. Nothing passive, nothing cute and folding my arms and doing nothing. Everything work. Sebens, sebens, sebens. If you were writing these things down and you were put an arrow that literally goes like work. Because guys, some of us heard salvation like this. Come to Jesus, he will make everything all right. He's the savior that loves you, that died for you. I almost said a very wrong word on camera. It's not true. I really need to say it is nonsense if you want a sophisticated word for it. You came to Christ for work. You came unto the knowledge of Christ for work. And not I'm going to help you with your shovel. I have my own to carry. Not that I'm going to carry two nails and give you one. Sis Bongi, my boat is going to need a nail here and there. God gave me two for a reason for me. Go find your own. But I can run some more. But I am tired of us as Christians continuously going out there and bringing passive people that are coming in this posture of, but he did everything. He did everything of dying and resurrecting you and putting you in right standing. But now you're living this thing? It's exactly that, living. It's an active word. Can't do it now. Living, you giving. Living. Ma'am, I'm living. Hey. This soft life is still something because you go and fetch that soft life. 
that fur coat, you go buy it somewhere. You actively go. Kantirona salvation, why are we under the perception that we must just receive it and then just sit with it and it's going to metamorphose into something else? Are we animals that are God reliant on winds and waves to do everything for us? We're not. Because our health we work for, our beauty we work for, our money we work for, our relationships we work on. Why not our salvation? Why not your right standing with God? It is given, but after it is given, so what? What then? Guys, let's go to the word about this because... Sometimes it gotta get raw. Now we get emotional and what, what, ne? So today I'm like, Lord, I'm not gonna get emotional. I'm gonna show you that your, like your word is written in black and white and it says these things that we ignore because they are not convenient, because they are not nice. First example is Romans 12. Some of you know Romans 12, 1, 2, 3, inside out, all versions. You could recite it to me even before you see it on the screen. Yeah. Then offer your, right? Yes. But here's the thing about scripture. It connects Mary's and just continuously. I need to come back to English. It validates itself. Something that is said there will be proven here. And then what is said here will be made sense it continuously affirms what it is saying so that you are never confused about did it really say it? It did. It is saying it even today. So Romans 12, therefore I urge you, I had this moment guys where I scratched out brothers and I wrote Tato. I don't know what I was doing. Because now it's personal. I urge you then Tato in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and, holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what is God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We know this part, right? Very well. The part's we never highlight and actually take microscopes on R. A mind needs to be renewed in order for you to know the good and pleasing will of God. The state of mind that you had when you were a sinner cannot recognize what is good, what is God's perfect will. But a renewed one one that is continuously hearing about his goodness, his plan, his work, his word. That's the one that gets to a point of testing and knowing goodness from God. Let me prove this somewhere else where exactly the same thing is being said. Let's go to Ephesians 2, 1 to 3. Yazin, I miss those churches where they're like, Funda, you know, like... Amazing. It would do the things right now. Two, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who's now at work in those who are disobedient. Okay. All of us also lived among them at one point, 
gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. This is the mind that needs to be renewed. He tells you the state. <laughs> Let's just stop there, guys. This verse tells us exactly what we should be turning our backs on. If you are still living in this state, your mind is not renewed. And Tata is not going to come and tell you that your mind is not renewed. I'm not about judging you. There's God that's judging me. You know that. Then aren't you supposed to be responsible to work on that? As a church, all we can ever do as preachers, guys, is ignite you wanting God. After that, the actual wanting him, you have to go do. You have to go read this. You have to go study it. You have to go apply it in your own life. There's only so much of revelation that we can share. But if you don't do it, it counts for nothing. I'm repeating myself. But it's so that you get it. That this word that's alive is only going to be alive when you live it. When you apply it. When you read it and say, this is who I'm supposed to be. Here's my mirror. So the first verses right here speaks about that mind that he's saying must be renewed. Immediately, Tato needs to read this and go like, am I still gratifying my own desires? Yes, my mind needs work. No one else is supposed to have that measuring stick better than you can have it for yourself. That's part of the working at the salvation thing. After that, it goes on. To now speak about God does something. There is my responsibility in owning up. But then God ever so mercifully always comes in and does something. About even where you are lacking. He's, the scripture says we were dead. But listen to verses 4. God does. He doesn't just sit there and go like. But He does something about that. Verses 4. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ, Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show his incomparable riches of his grace expressed in the kindness to us in Christ Jesus. It sounds like repetition over and over again, but read that again. God saw you dead. He decides, I'm going to do. In doing, the part of being raised to the heavenly realms, guys, it has a condition right after that. It says, <laughs> it is by grace that you have been saved and God raised us up with Christ Jesus, seated us with him in the heavenly realms, Right? In order that in the coming ages, we might, we might show, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace that he expressed in Christ. Though you are sitting with him, it's so that you know of the measure of grace. Not that you are just sitting. Guys, it's right there. It's not this thing uh, we are in heavenly places We've made it something that it's not. And not from the other... They're sitting right next to each other and we stop right there. For convenience sake. Not here. We are going to read the word and hold God to what he says. Not what we make out of it. What he actually says in his word. 
Rekwata la such things to say hore when are you sitting in the heavenly rhythms that's why you can just come to church not want to pack a chair not want to just want to sit because you think you're in the heavenly mzalwan if you are so in the heavenlies then why are you feeling pain in your body if you are so in the heavenlies then why are you feeling man this discomfort my spirit is not growing if you are so in the heavenlies in heaven there's per, like there's everything for you the discomfort you are feeling is because you are still here on earth So where does that scripture stop for you? It says we are seated there. Seated there spiritually to experience a fullness of knowing that what was done in Christ is for me. I am not making this up. Go home, go read the scripture again. Trust holy not even trust Holy Spirit will sh- will show you. No gogeto will drag you no tato will drag you holy spirit himself will teach it's not dragging In order that in the coming ages he might show his incomparable riches of his grace expressed in the kindness that he showed through Christ Jesus for it is by grace that you have been saved and through faith Eight. For it is by grace you have been saved and through faith. This is not for yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that you can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. This whole salvation thing was so that you could do good works. Full stop. this whole grand scheme of bringing you back to relationship with God is so that you could enjoy that original state but that after that you do good works do i'm being this come about this so that we sober up so that we literally have a eh I wasn't saved so that I can just jump up and down. I'm saved, I'm saved. It is yes, rejoice, be glad. It is a beautiful gift, but after that do. The grand plan has you doing. Predestined is because he saw that far and was that present in that moment that he knew that you needed to walk in that at that time. Not chill in your chair and just hear. Do you know that you would exist and be a sister to Tato that would, all these ripples were predestined. What we see today of people turning their heart, God knew there would be hearts that are hardened. There would be people that will reject your salvation in David. He knew, but he still says do. And as you do, he even gives you the boldness that's necessary to do. He's not going to leave you high and dry. He's not going to leave you for that work to choke you alive. He says do because he's going to empower you and enable you to do. You were designed for that. So it's all hola. Guys, hona le vacuum cleaner ekile ya hlola go vacuum cleaner. Lairo be ile, we go and fix it and then it does its job. 
When now why do you think you are incapable of doing what God intended for you to do? Guys, not sit, not read about. Do. I said I was running, but I'm moving as slow as a tortoise. Let's go back to Romans 12, the part that we leave out. I get an efficiency we were showing that there's a reason why we are saved. And once you are saved and doing these things of God, it makes sense now why you're laying down your life. In isolation, that scripture makes no sense. But read with the rest of the word of God, it makes a lot of sense. If I'm going to be busy doing what God says I must do, it makes sense that everything about me must be surrendered. So when Paul is calling you, he's urging at the stage. So it's something you have been being called to do throughout scripture. Now he is urging you. Come on. He's at a point where he's like, you guys know what urging someone is, right? It's literally pleading with them. Do it. It's, it's for your own benefit. It's for... So throughout it has been said that you should do it. He's at a point now where he's begging you because there's a reason why you should be doing it. But if you don't know the reason, that's why you can be so passive about laying down your life. If you do not know that I'm supposed to be doing these good works, that's why you will literally go like, uh, optionally, maybe, maybe I should, maybe I... Hey, the good works need for you to surrender. The good works will be in effect and far easier when you are surrendered. This appliance that is a vacuum is not going to be anything else or do anything else. So it just surrenders into being a vacuum. And there, it does its job. It doesn't even imagine being something else, but we think we are that. Shame on us. Me too. I have my areas. So when we go back to Romans and read the rest of it, After he says, please give your lives so that you know what is good and what is bad. This is what happens in the rest of it. I need to go back to one. (sighs) For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we are many that form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Guys, the first part, I urge you, surrender. Why? Because you need to do good works. Now, if I am an I in the church, I am not going to try and be a foot. Ne? The reason I'm bringing it here is because by trying to be a foot, I think my function as an I is less than. Better yet, I can do a better job than what the foot is doing. That is not thinking of yourself in accordance to the faith given to you. If you are busy here in church trying to figure out where you should fit, stop. Go ask God what faith and measure he gave you. And be busy with that. None of this is said in judgment. None of this is said in, it's said in a, we want to be busy with what God is busy with. You are standing in our way trying to be an eye when the eyes are busy trying to build their nerves and see really where God is taking Muso. Go be a foot and function there and excel there. 
Because that is where God has given you a measure of faith that will come into effect and you will do as a foot what you can never do as an eye. Mandy, go be burdened with the souls. I have my own burdens. Dineo, go be burdened with kids. I have my own burdens. Guys, can you see what happens immediately? We all find function and we thrive there. Then this nonsense of in church poking each other's eyes, hey, it vanishes. The reason we are poking is because some of us are not where we are supposed to be. You are so concerned about somebody else's something. How's about God's good works predestined for you? How's about you fix your energy? All of it there. All of it. Go invest it there. Not because we are saying it. Tato is not even going to tell you what ministry to go to. She's going to tell you, go ask God. And that is not me relegating and going like, no, it's not my problem. No, it's me going like, Lord, you said I must just do this part. That one is going to be a burden. And then you're going to call me non-oiled. You were asking me to work in a function that was never mine to begin with. He speaks about it and I don't understand. Now I understand what Zawai Kukito says, the things that he says sometimes. Honestly, it's not my place because really, when you're standing and going like, but God, it's not my, it's, you are the one that has the grand plan. You are the one that's given the faith. When they have not taken the time to be placed in you first. I'm going to break them. I'm going to mess them up. And then that's where the church head. Christianity head. Your salvation is head. Your salvation on its own is, is, is doing this. Don't say it's us. Guys, let's... Then when I put it back, I'm shouting... So let's put it back together. Romans 12, 1 to 2, tells us to give up our lives. Ephesians 2 explains why we need to give up our lives. Then when we go back to Romans 12, God had an intent of why you were created. But he then also had the intent of the clearly stipulated work that you must do. So this morning when I'm talking about working out your own salvation, it's because we need for you guys to stop saying tato, church, what, and going like God. Do you know, it's on camera, but it's going to happen. <laughs> Let me tell the people that already know. You guys know that when the pastor was all, now I'm intentional and all of that, I had one thing to say to God. If this guy's for real, he must marry me. If not, I'm so Because my heart, a hey God, I'm too precious about it. That's all I had to say to God. Today when Goget was acting like a hallelujah husband, <laughs> I turned to God. And I'm like, Ndwan, that person that you told me to marry, your person. Now, imagine how jealous he is about you seeing heaven. How much more direction will he give you about your salvation? How much more strength will you have for the long haul 
If you were busy with what he says you must be busy with. Then you can turn around and go like, Mudimu muso bang stress amo worship teaming. Ema ruize getla worship teaming. Get it? It's no longer going to be, Quarks, you know, they did this to me. No, you go tell the person that told you to go do that. You go tell on them on the right person. And that is why then it is necessary that Sposisa is ways at, Quarks is ways Literally, our functions will stay there and where they are supposed to be because God put us there and we are busy with what he said about our lives. It doesn't become then just a Sunday thing that I do. It is my life. I do it whether it is Wednesday, Thursday, because God... In Kulu legging, seven minutes is not going to be the end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In advance. (laughs) Get busy with the things that God has called you to get busy with. That's the bottom line. Working at the salvation is getting to that sobering moment of God, but you called me for this. A statement came to mind that I was like, Lord, ouch. Usho. If you are using your own brain to determine what is good, it is not. Only God is good. Now bring that statement to what you are busy with. If you are busy with things that you have decided are good and never ask God about, it is not. I don't care if it's feeding the hungry. If it is not what God said you must be busy with, it is not the good works that he predestined. It is a good frame that you have come up with and you are busy with that. It's not God's good works. And let me tell you something. God's good works will cover more ground than the ones you are busy measuring. You are wasting valuable energy on things you should be investing on the goodness that he says is good. So he says, get saved. But after getting saved, get busy with my good works. Take out the ones that you have decided even before. Let your mind turn its back on something and choose his active good things. That's working at, and that's the reason I went and made this a singular thing. Because my destiny is not Taki's destiny. They may be co-destinies that are going in the same direction. We may all be going to men lane. But how we get there? Francina, we're not going to We're not going to make a bus. We're not going to bicycle. We're not going to And then Omongela wa flyer. Are we not all getting to main lane? Is it not where God said we must go? Are the forms of getting there the same? Why are we trying? to camouflage our colors and be one thing that he never intended for us to be. There's a scripture that says you are the light of the world, salt unto this, and then it speaks about God colors, more than one. Diversity, different body parts, he stood for from the beginning. What did God do when those people were in one voice building a tower unto him? What happened when Pentecost came about? Different tongues. God is not intimidated by different. 
he actually wants it that way. He intend otherwise kabarinze re tshwana ga ofela ra ba bothato. No, he said let there be a busy let there be a like you understand he took the time to be all oh, I'm in love with this and I'm going to create it like this. When and now you want to go come be me because we are in the same church doing the same thing reading the kanjani bazalwane. What then happens to someone that needs your character to hear the self the gospel? What then happens to someone that needs my character to learn about the gospel? How do we move in from Hebrews which are the God colors and then also remember that he says colors is about visual salt is about taste. If Tato is not doing her good works there's a cleaner at Woodlands that will not get a 50 rand cash physical in the flesh because I was not obedient with my finances. The reason I'm bringing it there is that tasting God is not going to come back again onto earth so that people can taste him. He's going to use us. If you are passive about doing good works, are you saying he must come back and do it himself? Question mark. If you are not interested in doing what he has called you to do, are you saying he must have a second coming? I don't read of that anywhere in the Bible. But I read of me and you who have eyes and read the word being his workmanship. The very tool he's going to use for the world to taste him. I made it as literal as a 50 rand because guys these things are not airy fairy. These scriptures are not written in a way where we're supposed to just say it's there. No, it is the practical things we are supposed to be doing every day of our lives that people taste God and that they see him through us. Through our salvation. Otherwise, what are we doing? That's in Matthew's 5 verses 13. The salt, the light. And now let's go to the part where I actually think I'm going to land. Hebrews 5 verses 11. This is number 4. I jumped 3. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, Though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truth of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil church of god we can come here and scream as many life-giving sermons as we want but the word of god says if i still have to come and stand here and teach about righteousness 
Guys, righteousness is the person of Christ, right? Our right standing with God. For he has become for us the right standing of God. If we have to still come and teach about the person of Christ, we are on milk. If you have not come to a point in your life where you can go like, this decision is bad, you are not yet matured. And you know what's that causing? That the other infants that are coming in stay infants because we're not growing. Where does the truth and the moving to solid comes from? It says it. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings of righteousness. But solid food, solid food is for the mature, who by constant use, not Sunday use, constant use, use of what? Their knowledge of righteousness. Is that not what we're talking about? Right here, we're talking about righteousness again. So with your constant use of this knowledge of Christ, who he is, what he is in your life, what he has predestined, you then move on to your solids. Guys, I am bringing this up because as Muso, we have a very big mandate. And it requires some of you that are sitting here to grow up and become teachers. Teachers of this righteousness that he has given to us. Teachers of this thing that God has done through his son. Teachers so that those of you that are on milk can move up to solids. And those that need the milk can get the milk they need. We can't stay in the same class, all of us, forever. Then what are we doing? Then guys, we as preachers need to come and go like we are not teaching right. So this morning I'm coming here and going like, what are you doing with the teachings we are giving? Because go get the preachers up a storm. He comes here and he gives good solid word. Sunday in, Sunday out. Then Wednesday he furthermore explains this word and how you're supposed to apply it. What are you doing with it? Wait till you no. We are also comfortable with our milk that we are even showing each other how to flip the bottle. Hey, get over, get over the milk. There's steak with mushrooms that's waiting for you. There's, there's caviar. Uh, caviar, too fast, too soft. Uh, they're prawns. Reason for that, there's a hard shell, but there's food in it. There are certain things in this Bible that you still need to read. We're not alone. They are hard, but you get to what God is saying. You apply what it is, and then you teach. That's what the word is saying. I do not want to be responsible for the whole church's growth. That is not what God intended. He intended that we, here's the group, teach this group, they grow, they teach. If you guys think we are a stardom, we started this because we want to be the, wrong, 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 wrong. God was very specific. You are going to teach people that are even going to outgrow you. We're like, oh, okay. I'm cool with that. I did my part, they go shine, shine guy. They're shining Jesus. What's wrong with that? If I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing right, they're shining Jesus. That's exactly what this world needs. In every corner, every, we say we want to go into business, into arts, into schools. How when you are still flipping a bottle? Someone starts asking you about Israel and their blessings and you can't explain that, but it's also for you. How, Mzalwan? Working out your salvation says you need to grow and show fruit for what you are busy learning. That's why I spoke about a crown. 
A reward is there. It is, but if I don't work towards it, I'm going to get the teeny weeny. Ah, when I get you just got saved and you were grateful all your life and did nothing with it. Then how are we fulfilling this mandate that we speak about every Sunday? Quacks literally went like, we're a church that believes in gathering. Yes, you are all here. Then growing. An active thing that you do. Not that someone else comes and does for you. You. I literally want to point at each and every one of you. Like, like you, 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 you. You. The word you. Look at yourself. Like, I'm talking to you. The reason salvation hasn't worked for so long for so many people is because it was someone else's responsibility to make it work for them. And it does things. But you have to get busy with it. It's going to work for me because I'm busy with it. Get busy, Mzalwani, man. Get busy with the salvation that God has given you so freely. Be grateful. Do something with it. Move on from these liquids. God is gracious. You can live on them, right? But is that really the... Is, is that the best we can do, Muzo? Is that the best, best we can do? If not for Muzo, the church, the kingdom, is that the best we're going to do with such life-giving word? Is that all we're going to do with this precious thing? I guys, shame on us. Whoa. Let's do better. Let's be better. And the only way is if we get our hands dirty and work at the salvation. Study the word. Find out what he says about me. And then function in that. Stay here in my lane. Being dragged left, right, and center trying to be everything else will work for nothing, guys. When the salvation can give you so much if you just stay the course, your own course. And yet, Musa, that's what we advocate for. That's why we tell you about growing every week. That's why we do these equipping things. That's why we have the weekly two for two. So that you are actively in the word. You are actively questioning the word. You are actively reading it. Not just come here, get, get, and then spiritual obesity. Yeah, like, oh, no, no. <laughs> Work it out. Like, nothing on chubbiness. Look at me, but please. Let's close, guys. Sis Bongi already read the scripture. All of these things, all of these things are happening because we have either become so judgmental as a church towards other people, right? The world. We're not judgmental towards each other. But it's because we say, I'm not teaching them. It's not my responsibility. Today I just showed you in the word that it is. We don't have empathy for people that are learning because we ourselves are not learning. If it was your responsibility, parents in here, you have a responsibility to raise kids. How intentional are you with those kids? The souls that are going to walk through these doors, each of us have a responsibility to them. Otherwise, why would God be saying in his word, black and white, Grow up. Get to the solids so that you can teach. 
He's not saying teach in a state of milk yourself. He's saying first grow up and then teach. That's the progression we read in the scripture, right? I'm not making it up. The only way we are going to be able to do this is with the help of the Holy Spirit. A lot of the things that I'm saying right now have an element of, but Tato, I don't know how to do this. Good. That way you are going to ask the right person and rely on the most reliable teacher. When Sisbongi read about Pentecost, I was like, amazing. Because when the Spirit came down, it didn't happen from they were coincidentally there. No. No. The Holy Spirit was prophesied about so much. They are literally proverbs, songs of songs, states where people were writing the Bible that the Holy Spirit was already in function. They did not know who they were speaking about. But when he came upon them, he caused and effected. Let me explain what I'm saying. They spoke about the Holy Spirit. It's going to come. It's going to come. It helped them write the Bible. They weren't even away. It's going to come. It's going to come. It's going to come. The day it came, there was no doubt. What happened? It fell on the house. Right? Then all of a sudden, there were tongues on top of everyone's heads. Then what did they do? Did they sit there with their tongues and chill and look nice? Let me tell you what happened. Opportunity presented itself. A crowd gathered. The Bible says a crowd came all by itself. There is something about us accepting the Holy Spirit that will bring opportunities from only God. But until we are, if we are not filled, guys, go and read Acts 2. It literally says they were in the house, it fell. They saw the tongues. But because you're almost like, no, we're in a trance. So what does God do? No, let me show you that it's actually true. It happened. He gives them a crowd. In that crowd, they start speaking different tongues. And what, what happens? The same crowd questions themselves. Aren't these the same people that we were with in the city? Why are they now able to talk my language? So even the doubts they had were settled. Because the very people that God brought to them to show them that he is my spirit, it is now active and alive. The same people answered the question because they're like, we see it. We hear it. We need, we're not even going to question it. So Muso, let's accept the Holy Spirit for what it is. Not some goosebumps, Joe. No! A cause and effect spirit. One that literally gives you this fire of go. Go do. I'm jumping like a crazy person right now because I'm like, okay, cause and effect. Whoa, I know I'm talking about it, but whoa. There's something about relying on the spirit of God that not your intellect or anything can do. He will cause a fire for you to do the good works that you never had. You will all of a sudden preach to people that you never knew you could preach to. You will all of a sudden have presentations you never knew you could put together because the spirit is now active in you. So these good works that I'm telling you about, I'm not saying figure it out alone. I am not asking you to go break your brain over something that God says, I have given it to you and I'm going to help you do it. 
intellect, put it aside, focus and say, give me that helper. Give me that because it's more precious. I have done so much trying with just me. Holy Spirit, guys, for this great mission of souls being saved, of us going into spheres, we need the Holy Spirit. For you to work out a real salvation that's going to cause change in other people's lives, you need the Holy Spirit. Don't deceive yourself and think you're going to figure it out alone. Don't even try it. He's already given us this precious gift. Let's open our hearts and accept the help that he comes with. Let's stop putting him there in the corner for just Sunday when you are worshipping here. No. He wants to go home with us and help us live this Christianity. He wants to drive with us in the morning and tell you what to be saying at work. From a state come of work, work, work to work, but don't work alone. Work, work, work. Look at scripture for what it is. Read the word, but don't do it alone. I need us to stand up right now and say, Sikwalis. 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 And not a religious, hey, fill me so that I fill you in a new way. But fill me up so that I go and do. Fill me up so that I go and work on my salvation. Pazaloni, let's put in the work in this precious salvation we were given. Don't take it for cheap nothing. Work on it. Work to those of you that are already working on it. Work even harder because he says you will do even greater things. We have not gotten to raising dead bodies yet. So we are not done working at our salvation. To those of you that haven't even started, get busy, man. Come and join us and get busy with the things of God. To those of us that are passive Throw that theology out the door and take up a work mentality and work at the salvation and see what it will do for you. Bazalani, let's wake up. Let's sober up. The world does not have any more time for us to still be chilling here for nothing. It needs us to be filled with the spirit and we need to do. We need to wake up. Sober up. You don't need to be standing here shouting like I do, but where you're at, go show Christ. Go do Christ and do Him well. Because Holy Spirit wants to help. Holy Spirit is ready. Holy Spirit is saying, like, I'm not going to force myself on you, man. Like, I'm right here ready to help.